Hi folks, uh, welcome back to On Call with Insignia, where we go on call with leaders innovating the future of Southeast Asia's internet and digital economy, or as we like to call it, as innovation. Today we have on call with us returning guests, Dayudara Permata and Ahmed Aljunid, CEO and CTO of Pinhome respectively, Indonesia's largest property transaction platform. They're both Gojek alumni and have been on our show last season. Uh, and last time they introduced Pinhome and lessons from Gojek they've brought into the business. So now Pinhome has grown into Indonesia's largest property marketplace and, and expanded into other related services as well. This time around, they're going to share a bit more about the company's phenomenal growth over the past few months and their thoughts on Indonesia's property market. So let's dial into their call with our uh, founding managing partner, Yinglan. Yinglan, take it away. Hey, thanks, Paulo, for the kind introduction. Hey, Dara and Ahmed, thanks for coming back on call with us. I still remember first time we sort of brainstormed about the idea, you were still idea. Now you have 300 people already in the company growing by leaps and bounds. So we're super privileged to have partnered with you since the start of the journey. Since we have an audience of investors and entrepreneurs, I thought we should give a quick update on what's happening with Pinhome because I think the progress has been quite phenomenal. What's new with Pinhome and what are you excited about for 2021? Hi, England. Thanks. Glad to be back here on the on call with insignia with you um, our last podcast with you was six months ago that was in september 2019 so since we last talked we have doubled the size of our team um, and we have tripled our tractions across top line and bottom line metrics so we closed the year last year 2020 strong we overachieved our own aspirational targets we initially thought it was almost impossible to achieve given the pandemic and, and now that we are in 2021, we are quite confident that this is going to be another victorious year. So this year, we are excited about our internal goals and aspirations, as well as the external market dynamics. So our goals revolve around making property transaction journey more seamless for all stakeholders, the four key stakeholders in property, and they are property seekers, property developers or owners, property agents and property lenders. In 2020, all efforts were kind of exerted towards ensuring that property seekers could discover their dream property owned by in-home property developer partners and then facilitated by in-home property agent network, then they, the property seeker will get matched with the right mortgage products from in-home bank partners. And once all process are concluded, then property seekers could proceed to the transaction. All of those from discovery to delivery of property ownership happen on in-home platform. In 2021, we are excited to go a few steps further. While, of course, we will continue to improve on transaction journey for all stakeholders, we have also started working on post-transaction experience. Hopefully, some services around post-transaction we can reveal sometime mid-year this year. We are also excited about market dynamics. I think 2021 will be a recovery year for most sectors in Indonesia. Government has committed to allocate 44 billion just for COVID-19 recovery for, for this year alone. And GDP growth target for this year is projected to be somewhere at around 4.8% to 5.8% versus minus 1.5% last year, 2020. Specific to property sector, Indonesian government emphasizes the importance of real estate that contributed to 14% GDP for Indonesia and absorbed around 9 million workforce, and hence has put in place numerous fiscal incentives such as tax holiday for property transaction AP uh, on house with the maximum price of 2 billion. So that's about, I think, $150,000, which represent over 70-80% of our property sales, for example, in last year. 0% down payment for selected properties and various other subsidies like mortgage provision subsidies, interest subsidies for affordable housings. So overall, I think 2021 looks very promising. That's great. Ahmed, any thoughts? 
Uh, yes, uh, echoing direct sentiment, the reception from the market has been really great across all the stakeholders in the property sector. So this has given us an opportunity to get even more insight into the needs of each of our stakeholders. And this has been really the main driver of the growth of our team, especially across engineering, product and design. So this will be you know, leading to new launches of products and features for our buyers, agents and other stakeholders to streamline each of the individual journeys so that the overall process of purchasing a home becomes more seamless. Uh, so we'll have an exciting announcement later on in April that we'll share with some of the important stakeholders in the property industry. Looking forward to that announcement. Around the time that we spoke last, in the last six months, you also launched Pin Value. What was the response from the users and how did it change conversion and engagement? Yes, Pin Value is one of our features built on machine learning, which provides the ability to estimate a fair market value for a property. It is a fairly new concept for Indonesian market. It is within a category of tools called Automated Valuation Model, or AVM. As the term explains, it is an automated pricing model used in the real estate market to value properties. It's definitely more efficient than a human appraiser, but being efficient is not enough. And the key to building great AVM is to have comprehensive, accurate data behind the model. In our views, there are different levels of AVM. Uh, the lowest level of it being an AVM that is efficient but with low level of accuracy because the data behind it is limited or because the model allows calculation and provides output despite many data fields that are critical to add the accuracy of the predictions are not available. A level higher to that is an AVM that is efficient and also somewhat accurate but won't be able to capture changes in fair market value estimate due to a certain real estate market dynamics, i.e. if there is a newly built mall in the neighborhood, residential neighborhood that might affect real estate price, this model might not be able to capture that. Now we built pin home pin value with the highest level of accuracy with the ability to capture changes in fair market value estimates due to certain real estate market dynamics. Pin value has machine learning capabilities embedded in it. It covers a hundred plus different attributes per each property. And for many properties that's covered by the model, those attributes are required or necessary. And it pulls comparable data of sold properties in a certain kilometer square clusters. It trains itself, allowing more tailored fit results in different neighborhoods. For example, depending on the type of properties, different POIs might affect positively or negatively the price of a property. Proximity to POIs like bus terminals or bus stops would likely affect commercial property price positively, but would affect residential properties negatively. But interestingly enough, our data tells us also that proximity to a different type of transport stop like MRT stops might affect positively residential properties more than it affects commercial properties. So pin value accounts for all these differences and all these dynamics. It trends itself to capture these dynamics and produce more accurate fair market value estimates. So current coverage for pin value today is still limited. It's been in market for about just uh, shy four months. We covered 220,000 properties in greater area Jakarta that represent around 19 to 21 million different data sets. We have external API integrations. You know, one example would be Google Maps POIs, of course, but we also continuously do systematic data mining to enrich the capabilities. Great. Amen. Any, any sort of areas to add on that? Yes, in the context of an ABM, I've personally used one extensively. Uh, so this was when I was in the Bay Area, so in the form of Zillow's uh, Zestimate. And I used it a lot while searching for a home and comparing prices of homes in the same neighborhood. But one interesting use case was that my wife and I would use it extensively when dreaming about properties that we aspire to own. 
So while driving around the Bay Area, maybe in Los Altos, we'll see a very nice house and we look it up. And any property that we looked up always had a Zestimate. So that was always very impressive. Anywhere we were in San Francisco, in San Jose, in San Diego, or in the East Coast. So I felt like Zestimate had a really complete inventory anywhere and everywhere. However, the interesting thing was that Zillow was never part of our transaction. It was not part of our home transaction and it was not part of any of the transactions of our friends and families, you know, that were buying or selling properties. So that, you know, what identified that there's a, this very interesting gap to fill of how to push a transaction through from top of the funnel all the way to the end. I think the, with the Indonesia market being quite nascent, I think this will be a great tool for users to uh, price the, the property. And I think a lot of data applicability, if you can capture that uh, comprehensively. Let's shift gears a bit. Last time we talked about a lot of your background from Kojak. I'd like to shift gears to focus more on the Indonesia property landscape. Obviously, last year, you know, COVID happened, but I, I, I must say, you know, being an early investor, I was very impressed by how resilient you guys were. But I wanted to get your thoughts on how you've seen this evolve over time, the landscape evolve over time and moving into 2021. And what's your game plan for a clean home occupying this space moving forward? Despite a slight 1-2% to 2% contraction in the real estate sector last year in 2020, with a baseline of $365 billion value of property being transacted every year in Indonesia, it is still a massive segment. It is the largest asset class in the country. 3 to $4 billion contraction is considered little if the baseline is that size, right? $365 billion. So the outlook going forward is positive. Yes, previously mentioned that the expected GDP growth for Indonesia blended this year is expected to be somewhere around 5, even up to 5.8%. So I think that's the same story for property. We hope that property is going to be one of the sectors that's going to pull up the economy with growth more than 5%. There's 180 million productive age populations. There's only less than 18 million property owners, which means 100 million productive consumers are yet to buy their first property. Pandemic, living in lockdown has made home more important than ever. I think we're seeing an influx of millennials buying their first home online. Last year, we saw 40% of our home buyers are younger than 35 years old. I think going forward, we expect this percentage to go up to the majority of the first-time home buyers who are younger than 35 years old. The home you grow up in it really defines the quality of your livelihood and property is the largest asset class for the country, also for a community and a family. So it represents also the largest type of loan an individual could ever take could also mean that the most valuable collateral one can use to get access to financial services. Going forward, we see in home play a similar role to that of e-commerce for property transaction. So that's great. Uh, Amen, any thoughts? Uh, yes, Simla. So while we did have that you know, pure shock in April and May of 2020 from COVID that was very paralyzing, fast forward till today, I think we see a level of acceptance of the presence of COVID and most people are just one degree away from someone who has already contracted COVID and, and has recovered. So uh, I believe that we've already accepted this new set of constraints and even the stakeholders in the traditional industries have also accepted these constraints. So this presents us with opportunities to help get these stakeholders in the traditional industries get back to their previous level of productivity and then even beyond that. Yeah, no, I think we are seeing a lot of sectors get tailwinds of digitalization, especially during COVID. And I'm very impressed with what you guys have done, use technology to digitize the whole industry. Maybe you can walk us through a user, you know, what are some of the innovations or 
tech implementation you have done that has facilitated or duplicated the sales process? Sure. So from a user perspective, with Pin Home, user will experience a journey that is different from the status quo. In the status quo, the discovery of property and first touch points with the property agents might happen online through online listing portal. But the rest of the journeys all happen offline with overwhelming levels of friction. With Pin Home, the journey of property ownership starts at Pin Home and ends at Pin Home at the delivery of property ownership. Users could discover properties from our website and soon to launch consumer app. Once a user inquires about a property, we will assign a knowledgeable available property agent to facilitate the viewing. When viewing is done, the user could proceed to price negotiation, benchmarking to pin value, which is the you know, fair market value estimate of the property provided by Pinhome. In parallel, users could start looking and applying for mortgage to 35 different banks that have partnered with Pinhome. We have partnered with Indonesia's largest banks, which represents over $60 billion annual mortgage disbursement capacity. So imagine having a mortgage option attached to the actual property being transacted and having the ability to submit application and track status of the mortgage application from the same platform online and eventually then making payment online. Payment is usually done in tranches from booking fee to down payment and full payment. Property developer will get the payments real time through a secure payment backbone integrating with Indonesia's largest payment gateway. So that's kind of uh, in a nutshell the end-to-end journey of a user trying to discover property all the way to when they actually acquire the ownership of that property. Oh, that's great. I think we have a lot of founders in the audience, so I'm going to you know make it more useful for them. Two of you are very seasoned detectives. Looking back at the pin home journey, right in the past year or so, what has been some of the learnings so far? And I think Ahmed has some interesting user stories also from your platform. What are some of the learnings, Dara? And Ahmed, if you want to share some user stories from your platform. Uh, sure. I'll probably take the user story if I may. Ahmed can share the learnings. So there, there are many unexpected user stories from our platforms, right? One memorable user story was when a property seeker, a freelance gig worker, trying to buy property in 2020 in the middle of pandemic. And he almost gave up on his dream buying a property because his mortgage application got rejected seven times by seven different banks. Pinhome has 35 different banking partners. So there are different bank categories from general bank book four, book three to one, and different book represents different risk appetite and also different disbursement capability. But apparently the, the freelance gig worker did not know which banks to go to given his profile, the fact that he's, a, he's part of the freelance workforce. We helped him find the right banks. With the algorithm, we recommended him to apply to two banks with eligibility criteria that fits his profile. And he got approved with the mortgage and finally his dream to own a, a property came true. Property financing is an extremely important element of property transaction because 85% of property transaction happen through mortgage. There's 92 million Indonesians with lack access to financial services. From that number, 47 million we can call as underbank. So these are the people that have bank account but don't necessarily have access to credits. Our user, the, the freelance gig worker I mentioned, is part of the underbank. And the remaining 45 million have no access at all. They don't even own you know, bank account. It could be overwhelming for users knowing that there's 85 different banks with mortgage facilities. But when it comes to the moment of truth, which bank should I apply mortgage to, they might not have the best answer and it, it might be a hit and miss. So we help property seekers match with the right banks and really streamline the process of mortgage applications, which otherwise is a very tedious, cumbersome offline process to be fully online integrated, streamlined with clear SLA and all happen through one platform. 
that pinhole platform. Got it. No, that's super helpful. I mean, any learning so far? Looking back, what are some of the things you wish you knew? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, lots of learnings. Uh, and uh, one may seem uh, a cliche, which is to know your customer. And this uh, particularly applies to engineers, right, who are always sitting at, uh, at the computer. Although it's cliche, I feel it's something that we have to constantly remind ourselves. Any product engineering organization has to constantly remind themselves. But just to take an example, there are multiple architects for each of our stakeholders. So just taking a look at agents, buyers, property owners, there are at least four different archetypes of each of those stakeholders. And there may be overlaps, but each of them face a unique pain point. Uh, so it's important for us to constantly be close to them as the organization grows larger and you have teams that are addressing each of the sub-journeys, there's a tendency to move away from the customer. So it behooves us to constantly keep close to them so that we can continue to identify opportunities to address their pain points, but in a natural way that is not too disruptive to them. Got it. That's super useful. What does success look like five years from now for Pinhome? Where do you think your company will be in five years from now? And what are some of the sort of milestones that you hope to achieve. Yeah, yeah. So uh, aligning with the vision to make property more accessible, we provide technology platforms that help organizers' property information, facilitate interactions between buyers, owners, agents, and property intermediaries. And, and I think success is when those visions and mission are realized. The indication of that could be on the supply side, for example, bringing significant portion of the 80 to 19 million homes and properties in Indonesia online, organize those data, make or build the largest home database or home repository for Indonesia. The way it's now built, for example, in China by the largest player in China or in the U.S. On the intermediary side, bringing significant number of 10 million property agents and property service providers online. And on the demand side, ultimately bringing significant number of the 3 to 4 million property transaction that represent $365 billion worth of property value also online. And when we say significant any double-digit penetration, more than 10%, or as, as close to you know, the 30% fast-moving goods commerce penetration, I think that's it. That's going to be a real success. No, that's great. Yeah, let's move on to our usual fire round. But this time, we have a different set of questions. What are the top three skills a startup CEO should have? Sarah? For me, number one would be strong empathy, especially towards end users. And the only way to build genuine empathy towards users is by living the life of a user yourself. I do feel that founder, CEOs, you need to use the product you are building and experience the pain and pleasure of the user while using the products. You need to be your harshest critic. I think the second one is excellent execution skills. Ideas are cheap. Execution is everything. CEO needs to roll up sleeves and get your head down, focus on execution. But understand the detail, because I think the devil is always in the detail. Uh, don't always try to delegate everything and you don't understand what's happening on ground zero because you're always in the 30,000 feet above. And then last but not least is solid entrepreneurial skills. And I think that's about not just catching opportunities, but to create it, not to just be a player, but to be a pioneer. Well, that's great, great answers. What about a CTO or a tech leader? I mean, top three uh, Yes. The first, I think, definitely is to be pragmatic whenever developing solutions and architecting systems. It has to be aligned with uh, what the business needs to grow. Second is to have that empathy and slight overlap into business and product management. There are just too many, in, too many interlinkages 
so that empathy is absolutely necessary for different teams to work well together. And then finally is to put some emphasis on organizational design, especially for startups that are growing quickly, you know, from 10 people, 50 people to 100 people, the needs of the organization changes, the needs of the employees changes. So it's important to revisit that and make the necessary changes so that we can continue growing. No, that's great. Leader that you look up to, Darren Ahmed. I admire entrepreneurs who have, who have built businesses with time-tested modes or defensibility and undefeatable network effect. So, for example, Bill Gates with Microsoft or Steve Jobs with Apple or Brian Eggman with WhatsApp. It doesn't matter if there's tough competitions and left and right, there's new players trying to come in, but the products just maintains absolute winning position because of that defensibility and network effect. That's great. What advice would you give founders who are raising their first round? Well, I think when raising first round, don't just look for VC with money or the first check that comes in, but look for real partners that can work with you, work alongside you through many rounds to come. I think your first check really determines the checks that come, that come after. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're very privileged to write the first check. By the way, <laughs> thanks for giving us Absolutely. the opportunity. <laughs> and we're, we're grateful. We're grateful for that, Iman. Thank you. What's the biggest misconception people have about Indonesia's uh, property space? I think there's one misconception is that it's done. There's no more innovation left to be made in the space. We do feel that the first wave of innovation in PropTech was necessary. So that was the six to 10 years ago when the first wave of transform and elevate the industry with the listing portals platform. But then fast forward six, 10 years, we haven't seen big breakthrough, in, especially in Indonesia, big breakthrough innovation. And that, that was until last year. And we, we believe that the next sets of innovation will be around transactions. It's about owning not just the supply side, but actually owning the demand side and matching the supply and demand together. No, that's great. Great answer. Anything you'd like to share with our listeners on pinhole development? We have a good following of entrepreneurs and, and investors who listen to us. Any new products or are you hiring any people, you know? Yes, definitely. We, we seek to double our workforce, PINFAM members, as we call it, in the next one year and then triple in the next two years. Then we have exciting product launches in the next one to two months, focusing on definitely mortgage and post-transaction. We have launched property home services or in-home home services, and that would also tackle post-transaction journey of customer. More and more, we will make sure that we create values for customer, not just before transaction, during transaction, but also after transaction. And we will follow customers throughout their lifetime ownership of property. That's fantastic. We added this question. So any, any questions for me? Yeah, just one simple question. Why did you decide to write um, the first check for Pinhome, pre-product, pre-revenue? Oh, that's a simple one. Uh, because <laughs> we are unstoppable founders. But here, I mean, I mean the, the longer version of that is that, you know, we, we knew very early on that we wanted to be in business with you. We think property was a great vertical. And I still remember, I think your first idea was the, I think, crowdfunding for property idea. So, so our, our, I think our value add was to tell you to do your second idea instead. Still <laughs> 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 in the property space, but a very different vertical with a larger at this moment. And I think that thesis has played out. So, I mean, I must say congratulate 
you on the progress and on, on pursuing your vision. There's a saying, right? Always be stubborn on the vision, but be flexible on the tactics, right? So I think you certainly, uh, certainly achieved that. Um, so congratulations. And thanks so much. We are very happy to be partners with you and look forward to a great next five years for Home. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, England. Pleasure is ours to be here. Thanks for your trust. Stay on the line with us for more conversations with our founders and investors in the region. Until the next call, I am Paolo Opinia and this has been On Call with Insignia Ventures.